0: Yeah. Um, awesome. <laughs> I'm very excited about this conversation and um, looking forward to how this rolls out. I do uh, appreciate the efforts that are being made because at Cabrillo we have a lot of tiers that I personally have to navigate through when I have my K-12 through get to ride for free and dual enrollment. Uh, and then bus passes, and then I have folks who are on paracruise, and then I have exempted students, and so then I have to charge all the other students the e- extra fee. So it's nice to know that some of my accounting <laughs> efforts will be different, <laughs> and I appreciate that. I do want to know you made a comment, there's a comment on the slide about the UC Santa Cruz contribution. I want to know if that's above and beyond the contract that we're already in and what th- does that look like for the Cabrillo? Because our contract is not set to expire until 2025 and this will go into a place in 2024.
1: Yeah, so it is above and beyond what UCSC is contributing today uh, and it's about service. I think there's been discussions, you know, I think Scott's very well of it and, and I know Michael's been talking about it, but yes, um there is addition to what's currently getting paid by UC Santa Cruz. And um, that's why I said that uh, we really need that help to make this happen. And the second part, the impact to the grid. Um We haven't got there yet. Thank you, Director Northcott.
2: I'll add, I I think UCSC intends to, or at least imagine, some of their service shifting from TAPS, their internal transportation system over to us, (coughs) which is why they can not get rid of all of it, but it it allows them to afford additional contribution because they won't have to put that into the TAPS uh, loop buses. we We run the same place on campus in the loop buses and our buses. So that's one way that they can raise some additional funding. Plus, they do have some reserves at this point in their transportation budget.
0: And, and we don't, but I'm happy to buy out the contract and and be done because we have different types of agreements that if we go over, uh, if we collect more than what we owe, then we kind of pay the difference. And maybe we talk about that later. And I'm probably missing an email, but there's an option there sure. of us buying it out so that we kind of settle the difference mm-hmm. um, and get to be on the train of the free fare starting yeah. 2024. Yeah. It's a great marketing tool for community college students. Thank you. Other directors? Yeah.
2: Director. Um, God help me if I, we get into a discussion on a rail trail, but <laughs> uh, uh, I think it's going to be a component in this discussion on our sales tax because people are talking about public transit, and of course that issue hasn't been resolved. And I think it's going to be uh, enlightening when the costs of it and whether the Coastal Commission will allow for the I'm talking about the rail and so forth. I um, I, just, I, was, I just begging for a, a decision of what these costs and environmental impact of rail will be. And if it's realistic, then it can be a reality. And believe me, I'm not trying to get into an argument about this. But I think it's going to be part of the discussion. Because without the rail, they said, well, what are you going to do? And this is what we're going to do with Metro to greatly improve our service. Um, so in some respects, I think that could be a sales point, but I don't think we're going to get that answer anytime soon. And believe me, pardon me if I got on the rail trail deal, but I think it's going to have an impact on how we address this issue.
3: Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> yeah, I think this is an incredibly exciting moonshot, if you will, um, Metro's moonshot. Uh, it really <coughs> could create a world-class transit network for our community. Uh, and as has been said, it would be revolutionary, not just for the way <coughs> people get around our community, but also for our ability to build more housing. Uh, and I have heard firsthand just this week from uh, a father of a, a student that's using the Free fare Program, and he has been life-changing, because now instead of being all stressed out in the mornings, rummaging around for, free, uh, for spare change, uh, and sometimes you know, not finding it and then having to drive uh, his, his high school student to wherever they need to go, he can rest assured they're going to be able to get on the bus. Uh, so I just have a couple of uh, quick questions. So first of all, um, when we look at that, that longer timeline through 2034, uh, the cash line. Does that assume the free fares continue yes. uh, after we, we pass the sales tax? Yeah, okay.
1: everything that's associated with kind of the all the way out to twenty thirty four okay. assumes we keep phase one, phase two, and all free fares intact. Okay. It does not stop after thirty six months. All right. Um, and then the other question
3: is, and I uh, hope that UCSE sees the benefit of this whole package uh, for operations on their campus. Um, but if they give less than um, we would you know, ultimately like, how could we modify this program to make it work? I mean, that is the one piece that is not fully within our control um, in, as a part of this plan, and it's, it's significant. So would we <coughs> I mean, reduce the number of people who are eligible for free fares? Would we look at um, maybe reducing some of the frequency on certain routes? Or is that just sort of something we'd have to model out? Separately Hi, director uh, John Argo <laughs> planning and development director, so we would this phase two envisions uh, 12 buses an hour serving the UCSC campus in both directions. So a bus every five minutes in both directions uh, if UCSC Doesn't see the benefit or doesn't contribute what what Chuck has modeled We would just reduce that service commensurate with the contribution that we're modeling today Got so it. essentially it, it it requires a shift in thinking. I mean, I think, it, and it somewhat applies to the Cabrillo contract as well, where it's uh, there's this thought that they're paying for free fares, but really, what it's paying for is service. Mm-hmm. And so, if we reduce those contracts, it means we would have to reduce service to the to both campuses. Right. Okay. Makes sense. And of course, the the free fares will improve the the service overall because people will be able to board front and back and. The bus will ultimately be more reliable as a result um any any ideas what we would do beyond 2034 um i mean one thing that uh, is clearly we we, yeah, we, agree- we have
1: a modeled beyond 2034 but as you can see i think if we go to here this is the one where we kind of kind of put our pencils down and, and if we decide we are going to go with phase one phase two and free fares at least for the 36 months we are gonna take more of a heavy scrub at going beyond twenty thirty four, probably going to twenty forty and beyond, probably a twenty year time frame. But really it's it's really around the magnitude of the economy, you know, that, that's really gonna drive that because, you know, we know we're gonna have cola adjustments for the most part for people, but you know, if, if the economy takes off and we have CPIs of five or six percent. That could blow our numbers out of the water, you know, where we're, we're losing money fast because everything's going up in price. But if it cuts back down to 1%, you know, we've modeled out and it's going to go actually farther. That's where it gets tough when you start getting way beyond 10 years. Mm-hmm. We just don't know.
3: Yeah, it might be valuable to look at some of the other funding mechanisms as well that other agencies uh, around the world utilize. I mean, one that comes to mind is potentially the creation of transit funding districts, since ultimately, as has been said, uh, some of the folks that will benefit the most are those who are living in the new housing that we're able to create. So it would make sense to utilize that, leverage it um, in order to ensure a s- stable budget long into the future. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Other directors? Okay, thank you so much for the presentation. Um, oh.
4: I just had a a couple of comments because this is a really good discussion. This is like a paradigm shift for metro in a big way, right, in the community? Um, You know, I I had uh, jotted down some notes. I think in regard to where do you go after 2034, you know, Chuck mentioned the economy. That's a big one. And Director Koenig uh, talked about alternative funding sources and rethinking how you pay for public transit. That's another. Benefit districts and so on. And we've had some discussions with LAFCO, thanks to a connection from uh, uh, board member Koenig, in regard to just thinking out in the future, how do you sustain your public transit system, especially with uh, infrastructure and other needs. And I think the uh, state and the federal government are the other two huge pieces to what happens after 2034, because they, for the most part, pay for the majority of your system. They pay for your buses. They pay for your fueling station. They pay for your maintenance. And I, I really think there has been shifts in, in thought as to the importance of public transit, but, you know, that kind of ebbs and flows with, with politics. But I think that's a big factor in 2034 is where are the state and the feds in, in regard to support for public transit. Um, so I, I think that uh, I'm optimistic, right? Everybody likes to get behind a winner. And uh, and I think public transit could be a real big winner as you move forward in Santa Cruz County. Um, we've talked about that ridership goal and you know John Ergo and I saw the path to get to seven million through the phase one and the phase two because we, we just thought out of the box for a couple of weeks on how could we double ridership and get back to the top of where Metro had been. So phase one and phase two do that and then um, FAIR-free adds a whole new component into phase two. Um, in Missoula, Uh, we took the system fare-free first through a pilot, just like you're contemplating, and then actually it just became part of a ballot measure, which the uh, residents approved, but they approved it because they saw a 70% increase in ridership in Missoula. And so if you just got like a 50 or 60% ridership increase off of uh, fare-free in a phase two environment, that's where you start to approach 10 million rides a year. I think really confidently you'd be probably at 9 million, but you'd be moving towards 10, and that is a rare error. I mean, for a system this size to be carrying that many people, all kinds of great things happen in a, in a county, uh, as Director Rotkin talked about, uh, efficiency of the transit system, uh, eco- environmental impacts, uh, helping uh, free uh, basically equity, right? Uh, Your folks that can least afford good transportation now have great transportation, just like everybody else in the community. Transportation doesn't become as much of an issue for jobs, for important medical appointments, for uh, for, uh, really tight budgets. So there's just a lot of things that flow and a lot of things to think about. in regard to phase two and fair free, you would not even be able to remotely contemplate going on phase one and phase two and fair free if it wasn't for a one-time TERSIP grant of $28 million. That gave you the opportunity to do this for three years. It's one-time money. And so uh, as that money comes before the RTC commission, you should defend that at all costs. That is Metro money. It's, Its intent from the governor was to provide funding to build ridership for the public transit agency in the region to help with any deficits that might be there and to finish up zero emission bus projects. So there's 28 million and there's 7 million. Don't let anybody else get their fingers on that because that is your golden moment to show for the next three years what a world-class transit system looks like and then you could take that if you desire you know to the voters uh, or find some other mechanism and you know they'll have seen what it is and can make a good conscience vote on whether they'd like to continue that in your county so I think the Finance Committee will continue to work Uh, the ad hoc committee that was set up by your chair will meet again and talk about the ballot measure and make some recommendations for the board that would be forthcoming in the real near future. I would like to say in regard to the fare free uh, slash benefit and challenges slide that Chuck put up that the, the one thing that's not there that we experienced in Missoula and that most would would definitely make a comment on is if you take your fixed route system fare free, you also need to take your your uh, paracruise system fare free. And Chuck has uh, skillfully budgeted in the numbers that you have seen here today increases for para to accommodate the fare-free environment but over the long term that's the one where you'd want to watch very closely your costs because uh, uh, that's a really expensive uh, system to provide but To be honest with you when you go to the voters that's probably one of your biggest sound bites is uh, and one of the biggest supports for a potential ballot measure or whatever you're looking for is taking care of your seniors and your disabled and so generally speaking you're able to keep pace with that just uh, by talking to the public about it but we did want to in case it was in the back of your mind recognize that Uh, your senior and disabled service, your door-to-door paracruz is budgeted also for increases within these numbers.
0: Thank you, Mr. Tree. And um, I'll add some comments. I I made these comments at our Santa Cruz City Council meeting this week, but there are a lot of eyes on us, um, national, state. Um, as is apparent with the grants that we've gotten and the um, events that we've had. So there are a lot of eyes on us, and as, as you mentioned, Mr. Tree, that people do like to get behind winners, and this is our opportunity to shine. So um, I'm really excited. This, this is beyond transportation. It is about equity, it is about environmental systema- sustainability, and it's about overall community well-being. So um, thank you so much for laying out a path for us to, to make it there.